0: Y'all know we are picky about our sponsors, and this one was handpicked by us because we absolutely love it. April and I are huge fans of Hot Source Yoga. Not only does their Hot Pilates and Hot Sculpt keep us fit and feeling good, but we also have a ton of fun doing it. If you are in or around Santa Cruz, you got to check out Hot Source Yoga. And if you want to be extra badass and up your Pilates game or perhaps become a Pilates teacher, dive into their online Hot Pilates teacher training anytime from the privacy of your own home. The founder, Nicole, is also one of my favorite life coaches who has helped hundreds of women empower themselves to make their dreams a reality. Nicole offers sessions in person or online. Use code SHAMELESS for $20 off your first coaching session at NicoleDuke.com and be sure to visit HotsourceYogaStudio.com to see why it's our latest obsession. I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of purepleasureshop.com.
1: I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex.
0: We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. (laughs) Don't forget to head on over to our website shamelesssex.com for more and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com you are listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com hello everyone Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast during... Quarantine time. We're on what what they call shelter-in-place in in Santa Cruz County and most of the Bay Area.
0: We are only supposed to leave our homes when it's absolutely necessary. So like grocery store, hospital, gasoline. But I guess we don't need a lot of gas since we're not supposed to drive a lot of places. There were surprisingly
1: more cars on the road than I thought when I came to your house to record... Uh, however, I will say it was 3 PM on a Tuesday afternoon and which is
0: usually when there's a lot of traffic on the road. It's actually. typically
1: packed. It's a parking lot and, yeah. uh, it was surprisingly, it took me six minutes to get over here and great. it's such a weird time though in the world.
0: Yeah, we've never seen
1: anything like this.
0: This is yeah. Well, not in our, in our lifetime for I sure. I don't but, think
1: our grandparents have seen anything like this. Uh,
0: yeah, they they had World War II,
1: right? The Great Depression, but a different.
0: Yeah, different different kind of experience. At least our grandparents, they had a different kind of experience, but also still like scary hard times for sure. But here, um, yeah, this is this is interesting. It's really interesting, and you know, the podcast world is an interesting place to be in um, during this time. I would imagine. Uh, there's more of you listening right now because you have a lot more time on your hands and you can only watch so many Netflix shows and read so many books or, you know, go I through. had
1: to buy special eye drops to help the, they're called digi because my eyes were getting strained from not only working on my laptop, looking at my phone and then watching whatever was on TV at the same time, which I try not to watch that much TV. It helps these eye drops, by the way, because I feel like I'm surrounded by my screens more than I ever have been lately. You have digi-eye syndrome? I have digi-eye, strained eyes. And I just, I cut my trip to Australia short you by came a few back days. Yeah. I did. Yeah. It was chill. It was definitely relaxed vibe over there about the COVID-19. And then every time I spoke to someone from home, people were checking in and saying, when are you coming home? You need to get back. Yeah, they're would get stuck. You were the only one that hadn't. I thought that. I know, but I you totally did not call that. me and say that. I almost I don't want to freak you out. Right. But I was getting calls from everybody on a regular basis that had known I was going, and then yeah. I was posting things on Instagram, like, wow, the only Corona I'm drinking is
0: I know. I was in like, my hand. I well, guess Well, she looks like it's chill. It was I don't want to like, worry you over there because there's not much you could do. They
1: also, in Australia... They are, they get things after everyone else, not, not Later. viral wise. I'm saying in general, information. think yes, yeah. it just happens. It's a delay. They're ahead of where we are. Pacific time zone wise. They're 19 hours ahead. Yeah. Uh, it was just, they were less, they were less panicked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to watch things shifting here. So, um, previously before this podcast started, you heard, uh, us talking about one of our beloved sponsors, hot source yoga. Um and currently Hot Source Yoga just decided yesterday that they're not doing classes. And you in, go, they can't. You do, do all the you go to. all the
1: time. You were like, I, I don't know, what I'm gonna I'm do. like what am
0: I going to do? <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the hot Pilates and hot yoga. And so they and but not only did they have to just, they decided for themselves, but well, also they're just not allowed to. Like it's a, yeah. It's an, yeah, you can't congregate ordered.
1: in more than ten yeah. people right now. But they and are starting Patrick's to do. Day.
0: Yeah, St. Patrick's Day today. We're drinking our red wine. Margins has new wine out, so oh, we're getting yeah, the new bottle. Lovely. I've never had this varietal in my
1: life. I don't even remember how to pronounce it, but I'll look and then tell everyone about that too.
0: Yeah. We'll share that it's with you.
1: time to drink wine and have sex and, yeah. and practice some of the things that we've talked about meditation. Yep. My, my, one of my closest friends in the world who is an interior designer, who, you know, Amy, she was asking me today, they want her to do a, a podcast because everyone's indoors right now. And her company is asking about healthy practices. And she was asking me about what what I would offer or say, and I said, meditation is the one thing that can keep you mentally well, Yeah. because our health right now, yes, is our physical health is, it can be in question if you have to be in the elements, but our mental health, when you're trapped inside, whether it's a nice sunny day, or you're on an island somewhere beautiful, or you're in The Midwest or New York City and you're on lockdown, our mental health is really something that is important. And meditation's huge and physical exercise. You have to exercise your body in whatever way possible.
0: How about orgasms though, everyone? This is a great time to start doing your own self- Pleasure practice Ooh, I like that. Yes. To, yeah. Just yeah, doing more self-pleasure. And in fact, if you don't have sex toys, this is a great time to get sex toys and to start doing some more fun, playful things. That's what happens to a lot of people. They don't have time. Pure They're Pleasure like, is delivering. Time.
1: Pure, Pure pleasure. pleasure is still
0: delivering. We don't directly go to your house, you know, we won't be knocking knock on your door, but we will put it in a package for you. And um, it's a store that I co with my mom, and all of our listeners get fifteen percent off with coupon code shameless sex if at purepleasureshop.com. So um it go go start doing more self pleasure than more celebration of you you have more time you cannot claim you don't have more time right Now's now is the
1: time to also try anal if you've never tried it. Get a butt Ooh. plug. Put it in, a small little butt plug. Pure Which pleasure one? as a the whole. Booty plug. The booty plug, the smallest booty plug. Is it B
0: O O T I E or uh-huh, like Pirates Booty? Ooh, Pirates Booty. Yeah, they have a small, medium, large. I and like the medium. I'm a like medium girl.
1: $35 and you get fifteen percent off. Yep. It's great. Check that out. It's
0: a great starting toy. And You're saving you money on
1: restaurants right now.
0: I know, because you can't go out and eat. I guess you can get takeout some places. And yeah. this, So and I don't know if this is you know, this isn't necessarily country wide, but um, I don't know if it's not in a, in a town near you, it might be soon. So, um, start, yeah, start, start being prepared, uh, in all the ways that you can, but don't forget about toilet paper.
1: The good news is <laughs> I think Amy and I to contribute and hope that you know how much we love you and because we have and cannot go anywhere, we have to be inside. We're going to come out with some more podcasts, more podcasts for you. Yeah. It's time to get creative and lots of good stuff. We're going to not only brainstorm. I I mean, I have some great ideas. I know Amy always has great ideas about the podcast. So we're going to come out with some really amazing content for you. So yeah. stay tuned.
0: Stay, stay, stay tuned. listening. But, but
1: first we have some testimonials.
0: Yeah. So on the note of what's happening with the, the old coronavirus. So we had a Patreon. We still have a Patreon account. Um, that we're not really big on, on um, advocating for just because we do the advertising instead that supports us and keeps this podcast free for you all. Um, and if you want to give us money on Patreon, that's cool. It buys us wine and other things. Unless um, Margin's wine gives us I hope for people is, we love it.
1: donating money to... Or needy yeah. people. Give right money now. To the poor, needy yeah. people, or you
0: can buy things from our advertisers, and that helps us support That's us directly too. as well. But yeah, yeah. today I actually gave a hundred dollars to a woman that I saw that posted a Facebook post about how she only has a hundred dollars in her bank account. I'm donating to like, Doctors Without Borders. I
1: have been now for yeah. some time, and I may also with my next paycheck yeah. when that comes give to some people in need that yeah. are going to be affected by this
0: i mean if i think if people are doing uh are doing are feel comfortable and stable or are well off then right now is a really great time to help at least someone out like yeah. go out there and help someone absolutely so this person on patreon they have been donating they did the highest tier which was a 20 dollars tier it's since day one um, and now they're not doing it but they're they're doing not doing it for a great reason it's because time's are really scary for yeah. them and they have yeah. to reconsider and so i just want to share what they had to say they said you two have changed my life for the better for the last 2.5 Years I chose the highest level to support for as long as I could for that reason. my employment situation has changed, and I must focus on taking care of my family and prepping for a potentially catastrophic year. Much love to you all and, and all that you 've done for me and all those inside my zone of impact in a very, very real way, because you too because of you too, I have the mental, physical, and geographical space to save lives during this global emergency. Thank you forever. please visit Amherst Island if you are up in Canada way, Canada way again, uh, between Toronto and Montreal.
1: Oh, that's some fantastic. Yeah. That's a fantastic testimonial and
0: we totally get it. I, and we're so happy that you're, yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I, as we just said, even before you read the testimonial, Amy, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a very strange time. And of course people are indoors. Sex is going to be essential. Yeah. And hopefully this podcast will help you just feel great about your sexuality and, the, then, silver then, linings, yeah. the silver linings. The silver linings. I had can... sex this morning, and I told you what happened.
0: Oh, with uh, with wait, what happened this morning? With my
1: life? partner. We oh, were, yeah. We were having sex. We hadn't connected in a long yeah. time, and he just he had basal cell on his nose, so he it's had it cancerous. Yes, it's cancer cells, and he had us. It's a minimal surgery, but they do cut you open. Anyway, long. Story, that's not the sexy part. We were having some steamy, wonderful sex, and he's got like it looks like he had a rhinoplasty because he has a big old bandage on his nose and his eye looks like he got punched because it's black and blue. Mm. I sent you a picture. Anyway, we're having sex. I'm on top for the reasons of blood flow because the eye should not get a bunch more blood flowing to it. And all of a sudden- uh, right before, I could tell he was gonna come and I was right there too. I was yes. like, yes, yes. All the blood in his All face blood. and genitals. It started running down his cheek and I was like, oh my God. And he's like, yeah. I was like, no, you're bleeding. He's like, what? I was like, I jumped off. I was like, you're bleeding. I can't, I can't. Oh, I, oh my God, my God I'm, I feel like I'm hurting you. So that story was huh. great, but then it was an even funnier story that uh, because we, neither of us, neither of us were able to orgasm because I was like, I, I can't, I need you to heal first. So, I might do just do me right now, you wanna watch?
0: Yeah, orgasm might not be a smart choice for him right now. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think we're gonna take a break for that. Too much
0: yeah, it's too much blood flow in the face and genitals with that arousal and that's like yeah,
1: might be dangerous. He was all what? It was it was it was funny after I knew that he wasn't hurt. He, it was just I think he yeah, had too yeah. much blood flow. Then he kind of laughed about it. Yeah, so it's funny now. And the fact is, he does look like he got the shit beat out of him too. Those kind
0: of <laughs> moments, you just have to laugh. It's you like Armageddon, like, right? and yeah. he
1: looks like he got into a fight. Yeah.
0: So, oh, well, that someone thinks that's really sexy. Maybe yeah. you do. Maybe you do. I don't mind
1: um it's yeah. like fight club style
0: i think that that's good that you had humor about it though like that's kind of an important thing when those moments instead
1: of like oh my god i can't believe that happened in ruin our orgasm so it's every world is falling apart and the world no matter what no matter what's going on outside of your house you really can control what's going on inside and mm-hmm. you can still have pleasure and sex and pleasure with yourself, pleasure with others. Hey, the internet's still rolling. My girlfriend.
0: Yeah. Internet's still rolling. Yeah. You can still get all the online things. All, all the online, online app things. businesses are doing well. You want to read another testimonial? Oh, yes. For our listeners. Uh, this right. is uh, something that someone wrote in to us.
1: Thank you for writing testimonials, by the way. We love reading all your just feedback mm-hmm. and positivity in this dark time. Yes. So here we go. I loved your episode on the effects of BC recently. I stopped taking my hormonal birth control pills after being on some sort of hormonal BC for over a decade. Previously, when I was on it, I had zero libido. It hadn't even occurred to me that the pills could do this. And I mostly attributed it to being a pastor's daughter who made sex, something to be ashamed of and past sexual assaults. I have had PTSD from After my body started clearing out the meds, my brain and libido woke up. Thank you so much to you both and all the incredible educators you feature. It gives women like me a chance at restarting, rewiring, and rethinking what sex really is. You have inspired me and I'm feeling happy and sexy for the first time since I was a young teen and I can't even express how grateful I am for strong and brave women like you. Oh, so well, sweet. you're a strong and brave human too. And mm-hmm. congrats on getting off that birth control. I don't think birth control is not evil or anything. If if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, we just talk about some of the effects t- with experts in the field about what those things can do to your body, your brain, and how you can change that. And there's there's other... Other modes of contraception out there,
0: or at least having awareness, so that you don't feel like a, you know there's something wrong with you because your bili- b- libido has flatlined. And... I was one of those humans, yeah,
1: for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always been a sexual human. What since Barry when I was five? <laughs>
0: Barry, the, Barry the, the the bear that you said out my bear. have sex with,
1: and it did sort of put a decompression, a like a little veil, of fog over my sexuality for mm-hmm. many years, from 15 until I was about when did I get off birth control? 32. Yeah, yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a long time, huh?
0: It's a long one with birth control for sure.
1: And I tried all sorts of different things. Yeah. Like the ring. I got
0: you to to try the non-hormonal IUD and you're
1: like, I hate this thing. I'm like, it feels like someone's murdering me from the inside out.
0: You're like the eighth person that I recommended to that said that. I was like, I'm going to stop recommending this to people. And then I got pregnant on it. So I really stopped. It was helpful
1: because I lived in Israel at the time. So it was helpful because I couldn't get birth control. I was there. Yeah. I had like one of my friends buy it and I would like pay her on the side after. Yeah
0: black market style.
1: It was black market birth control. Are you ready to do a sex question? Yes. Let's dive into a sex question. All right. So this sex question is obviously from someone anonymous. I'm 24 and still a virgin and honestly haven't really dated anyone either. Not that I'm not attracted to women or have a low sex drive, but there are a lot of times when I don't find people that interesting and don't really want to talk with them after meeting them. There's also a lack of confidence within myself. I'm not a big fan of dating apps, but when I do try, I find myself not getting a lot of responses, which is a confidence killer. And I'm quite self-conscious about my size down there, slightly below average in parentheses. I'm able to talk to people and make friendly conversation, but fall through after that. I feel like I've put myself in a box that I can't get out of. There's this inner extrovert that tries to make the effort and go for it, but a lack of experience and abundance of insecurities that push me back. Hmm.
0: One thing that came to mind when I read that, and we've received a lot of interesting feedback. We have had people that have—I'm thinking of Trip Kramer's episode. Mm-hmm. that we did on how to talk to controversial Girls. episode yes yeah, yeah we yeah, it was controversial some people thought that we were shaming some people thought that he um spoke in too many absolutes and, and generalizations about the way sexuality is for men and women and um and he was very heteronormative right and um and but he did have this really um easy to navigate blueprint for folks like this who are not confident in talking to women. Penis
1: owning folks. Yeah,
0: penis owning folks yeah. who are not confident in talking to women who are like, I'm you know, I'm scared, I'm terrified, I'm not confident. Um, and because it's, this is a common thing, especially when people are inexperienced. And, you know, we all know that experience is what helps us find confidence. You know, we're like if we don't especially if we've gone so long without having the experience, there's nothing wrong with being a twenty four year old virgin, by the way.
1: I Sorry, and I hope I'm not interrupting you. What came up for me when I was reading this? First of all, the dating app portion. So if this is something, obviously, that is easy for you from time to time to tap into, perhaps what would be helpful is to have someone that you trust that maybe – know, they have some experience with the dating apps. I've helped other friends with this spruce up their, their, their profiles a little bit Yeah, and maybe open up the folks that you're interested in. I think you can kind of box out different age groups or whatever different areas. I, I, I don't exactly know that might help you boost your profile and maybe attract some different people that mm-hmm. you normally uh, haven't been able to access before because of your filters or because yeah. your profile wasn't juicy enough. And totally. that's easy to do. You well, can do
0: that. And, and what people do when they make their own profiles is they oftentimes they're not sharing all of themselves and there's kind of limiting to what they put on there. You have someone else. And also I would say have someone else who is, for you. yeah, or like, you know, if you want to, if you're geared towards women, have a woman look at it and be like, you know, what, and don't put photos of you in sunglasses. Don't put photos of you taking beer bongs. Don't put photos of you with a whole bunch of other women on there. And, um, and then also make sure that you have some words that share more about who you are. And, um, and I, and, again, and you can have, I actually, I've written profiles too for people. I've had people that are like, now they're engaged to the person for them because and they would never have written what I wrote for them because they're like, I don't know how to say that stuff about myself. And it was still authentic and genuine. And I will say not all dating apps are created equal. I like what you're saying, April, and also diversify the different dating apps that you try. Yes. I have a guy friend that was like striking out on Bumble and Tinder and it was just like this guy, you know, was really bumming him out. He's like no one's you know, no one's um interested in me on there. And then he tried hinge and all of a sudden he had a couple of dates. So try, definitely and there's, there's also Coffee Meets so Bagel. Plenty of fish. Yeah. There's yeah. so
1: many different Options these days, especially, and there's more popping up all the time. I know some of them cost money so if if that's a, a challenge uh perhaps you could just test different ones out for a month and then switch it off or uh try t- just i think just not putting your eggs in one basket when it comes to the dating app situation yeah. and of course, having someone else write it is more helpful because selling yourself is is difficult, even if you are a confident person. Yeah. You have to kind of give your attributes, and I'm terrible at it, too. Yeah. Uh, I've had you help me write things about myself before. It's hard for most people to your write bios bios things about or, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm a... <laughs> 38 year old I could give you the facts 38 year old Boss cancer. queen sex toy yeah, I was born in July yeah. From Wisconsin
0: And then I'd uh, write it And be like I'm fucking awesome But I wouldn't say it In a way that sounded cocky And If you don't have someone That can look at your dating profile You can uh, hire April and I For an hour right? To do that for you We're
1: quitting shameless sex <laughs> yeah. Podcasting We're gonna just start yeah, writing app profiles We can do some Yeah dating
0: app profiles I am really good pillaging. at
1: it I, I, You yeah. are too Yeah it's yeah we could,
0: It would be to 11 I'm serious And I'm serious You yeah, can definitely too. hire us To do that oh, for you shit. Um, That's possible And then also go listen To Trip Kramer's episode um, Number one thirty. 37 on our podcast um and what i will say about that as well is because he's he he goes deep in us i know this person's saying i know how to go up and actually like he can do he's a good opener with with talking. it's the, uh, the continued flirting the continued conversations that sounds like there's a you know some fear and a psych out that happens um and trip has a lot of really good information about that and what and just there's some generalizations in there and to know that everyone is different like the way trip speaks is kind of like all women like this Eh, you no, i wouldn't necessarily agree with that and he has some really good points to overcome some of the fear and how to um find confidence and to continue on the conversations uh and part of it i think is honestly is is authenticity just you know being you as well but i know the you isn't feeling that confident but you know there's there's, there's something to be said. I, I, for me, when I'm flirting with people, if, if I can tell that they're like spinning some game, not, not into it. Uh, and I'm, you know, if people are nervous and they own it, I'm okay with that. Maybe not other people are, but I'm totally down. I, I love authenticity. I like humor too. Humor is really big for me. Um, and playfulness. And for some people that can be, um, hard to do, but it also can be really, um, an, an easier way to communicate.
1: Another thing that this, uh, per, the sex question asker, mm-hmm. They brought up something about their the, genital size, oh, yeah. Yeah. which is always something that people – its you don't ever know. It's a subjective thing, right? You don't know what size penis. And I think a lot of folks, especially heterosexual men, do assume that women, because they've heard them talk about, especially women that are into penises, mm-hmm. they hear them – They all want big. They all want big, big, big. Yeah. I'm not one of those, no. those people. Yeah. And – Look, if you are working with something that you think is, is, um, really small, there's some, we've done episodes before, which I don't want to say really small. I'd say that you think is, is below average, average. um, great for anal. Yeah. Oh, great for anal. Um, great for oral, great for oral. There's so many different things that can be helpful to know. And you have a lot of other options than just, just penis and vagina.
0: And I remember what Susan Bratton said that, that like, You know, you have a, you know, maybe a smaller penis find some of the smaller pussy, right? Like, you know, all of our bodies are different shapes and sizes. And so what Susan Brad says is like, you know, there isn't not, it's not like there's one penis size for all pussies, right? She's like, I have a big pussy. My man's got a big penis. It's a good fit. But like, if I had a small pussy, his penis would be too big. So there's that. This is going there. in your
1: dating app profile, yeah. looking for that <laughs> looking shallow for,
0: vagina. Yeah, I want that nice small vagina. And, and then the other thing that I was going to say about that is it's really not necessarily about size. Um, it's about what you do with it so keep educating yourself listen to our podcast episodes about how to pleasure a pussy um, with your mouth with your fingers with your penis and um, there's it's a lot more about presence and how you show up and skill and your desire to pleasure as opposed to the size of your cock yeah thank you for riding us dear listener and good luck out there and go listen to trip Kramer's episode number 137 um, and hopefully this helps
1: all right Let's get ready for Cara's bio. So Cara Lowenthal is a master certified coach with a BA from Yale and a JD from Harvard Law. In the last three years, after pivoting from a legal career, she has grown her life coaching business from zero to seven figures. She's the host of the iTunes top rated self-help podcast, Unfuck Your Brain, which has been downloaded over 5 million times, and she has been featured in outlets like Marie Claire, Mind Body Green, msn.com, and the Huffington Post. Cara lives in New York City. To learn more, go to unfuckyourbrain.com. That's u n f c k y o u r b r a i n.com. But first. This podcast is made possible by Manscaped. If you love the D just as much as we do, then it's time to trim up. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels. We are huge fans of Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, as well as their anti-chafing crop preserver and crop reviver. So when was the last time you shaved your pride and joy? Don't lie. If it's been a while, then it's time to give yourself the gift of some beautifully Manscaped balls that smell and feel. Oh, so fresh. Hey, there's nothing worse than a mouthful of pubes. Penis owners, it's time to step up your game. Penis
0: admirers, you just discovered a great gift item for your lover. And our listeners get 20% off and free shipping with the code shameless at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code shameless. Get pleasure the right way and use manscaped. And now back to the show. All right, everyone. It is episode time, and I just learned the proper pronunciation of Kara's name: Kara Lowenthal. Did I do it? Did I do it?
2: Excellent! Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so we're here to talk about anxiety and orgasms, and Kara, uh, you do a lot of work specifically um, with women, and a lot of about self love, body image. Uh, anxiety, et cetera um before we dive in though, can you tell our listeners a little more? I know we have we already read the bio in the intro, but how you got to be where you are today in doing this work?
2: yeah, it was a totally um normal career path. I was about one step away from becoming a law professor, and then I was like, I do that when you could quit and become a life coach so <laughs> that 's what I did, and I would say my Jewish parents have almost recovered um, <laughs> so I just had always had I was always interested for myself in. I don't use the word seeker because I don't really feel like I was looking for an answer, but I've just always been very interested in like, how do we, you know, what does it mean to live an intentional life? What is the good life? Like, why is the human experience the way it is? All that kind of, you look back at my high school yearbook, it's like the same shit I'm talking about now in my senior (laughs) quotes. So I'd always been interested in that kind of work, but it was always just like my personal stuff. While I had this legal career, I was a women's rights lawyer, so reproductive rights lawyer, actually. So I've always been concerned with the vagina in some way or another. Um, and then uh, I was an academic, but when I, you know, whether it was just like, I think for a lot of um, kind of accomplished people hit their thirties and they start to sort of be like, Okay, I like got, I've done all the things I was supposed to do. You know, I'm not sure this is the right thing for me. So it was maybe partly that. And also finding my teacher's coaching work just resonated with me in a way that nothing else really had before and really changed how I saw the world and myself. And so I decided to quit, <laughs> not become a law professor and become a coach. I started, I spent the first year coaching lawyers because I'd been a lawyer, but now I really work with women of. Any really people I either were socialized as women or currently identify as women of any profession or place or all over the world. Um, because I really focus specifically on like what happens to your thought process and your emotional life when you are socialized as a woman or when you are when you identify as a woman or treated as a woman. So it's sort of like the effect that patriarchy has on your brain. Mm-hmm. That's really what I specialize in.
0: Okay, I love that. So on our, our podcast, we've ha- been called out by a number of listeners here and there maybe two or three receive emails like when we talk about the patriarchy and they're like you're man
2: hating and <laughs> and i they love men i mean i, I date it. men but you know that doesn't mean that there aren't yeah social structures
0: yes yeah and so i reminder to everyone we're talking about social structures i think just when people hear patriarchy they're like you hate white men and you or you hate men in general and you know, we're talking about the social structures that is you know, in reference to the patriarchy.
2: patriarchy is bad for men too right yeah. and that's something that people like miss like feminist feminism isn't I don't want men around. I personally, I definitely would like my boyfriend to stay around. Like, I want men to stay around. Like, Mm -hmm. but I—it's the right patriarchy is bad for men also because it teaches them that they—I mean, things that come up in the sexual world all the time, right? That like teaches them that they like shouldn't, you know, have their feelings. Like we say to little boys, like man up and like don't cry and be the be in charge. You know, patriarchy is terrible for everybody because it insists on these like incredibly you know, kind of heteronormative opposite ends of the spectrum ways of defining gender. So as you know, of course, but just for your listeners also, like, I think feminists are some of the most masculine positive people I know, right? We just want there to be a bigger range for men and women and people who are non-binary or identify as anything else to be able to express themselves the way they want and have equal rights. Yeah. Yeah. I like
0: that point that the patriarchy also can can, is limiting in that sense of men being able to feel safe to, or be encouraged to express emotions, vulnerability, their softness, uh, their sadness. uh, And then also this idea that they're supposed to know
2: everything, you know, you're and like what they might be into sexually. Right. I mean, under patriarchy, there's like only certain sex things that are okay and good. And some are gross and weird and only certain people should like certain things. Mm -hmm. And we know that's not the way the human organism works. Lots, lots, so people are into lots of weird stuff all yes. across any kind of spectrum mm-hmm.
0: totally and our motto is all consensual yeah. sex is good sex so if whatever yeah. you're and, weird, and by weird i don't mean weird yeah. is not a we're
2: bad weird. word right yeah. it's like yeah. the weird meaning like creative outside yeah. the mainstream of the what norm. we're taught is like lion missionary with yes. a man and a woman and you know
0: Boring. Okay. Anyways, no, sorry. If you're into
2: that, <laughs> but if
0: you're doing that every day for your whole life, I'm sure you crave more at times. So, why do you think so many women have performance anxiety around orgasm? And I put in the word performance maybe is that's not how you it,
2: but why is there anxiety around orgasm? Why is it so common for women? I think there's like a lot of different kinds of orgasm anxiety, right? It's like not even just one kind. So, sometimes there's performance anxiety, and I think that can be from there's you know, I think as the sexual culture has changed, right, one of the feminist critiques of modern sexual culture is that it's, um that it purports to be empowering in some way, right, that it isn't really. I mean, that's a sort of second wave meaning like feminist from the 60s and 70s critique. That I don't necessarily totally subscribe to, but I do think like women now feel like, oh, okay, well, you know, if I want to be empowered and like modern and liberated, then I'm supposed to have an easy time orgasming and love having every kind of sex and like, you know, I think women, women are pressured into having a lot of kinds of sex that they don't necessarily want or aren't totally comfortable with. And sometimes that pressure is external and sometimes it's internal. We kind of do it to ourselves. And so I think, um, it can come from that, from thoughts of like, what sex is supposed to be like. It can come from, um, in terms of like another version of performance anxiety. I think, you know, another way patriarchy is not great for men is I think even men who want to be very like pro consent and pro women's pleasure can end up getting socialized to hang their ego on their women on their partner's satisfaction. so I've had clients where they're like, "I always orgasm, but I just feel like I'm doing it like I have to do it for him to feel okay about himself like they're not necessarily even having a problem orgasming, but it doesn't feel like creative and play you know it doesn't feel like a sort of fully spontaneous natural thing It feels like, okay, I need to do this or otherwise like my partner is not going to feel good about themselves. There's that version. And then I think there's like a lot of different kinds of anxiety that can lead to people having trouble orgasming. And that can be, um, I just, I feel like a hundred million things like thoughts Mm. about your body and how your body looks right. Not feeling totally comfortable, uh, in the sexual situation, not feeling, um, comfortable talking about what you like and telling someone what you like and how you want to be touched, not knowing how you like and want to be touched. Right. If you've never kind of experimented that for yourself or had a partner who helped you figure it out. um, I think women also get, can get kind of fixated on like it's taking too long. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Which also I think like, I think we assume that men, you know, I don't know that they're necessarily socialized exactly telling them to masturbate. We just assume that like teenage boys masturbate all the time. And it's talked about and it's normal. And like, it's pretty rare to meet a man who's like, well, I don't know how to make myself orgasm. Like they pretty much know. <laughs> right. But I think for, that's not always true for people socialized and raised as women, there's still much more, I think, shame and secrecy around it. And so not like knowing what, is there a normal of how long it takes, how long that is, right. Having unrealistic expectations about like how quickly, You should be able to orgasm or from what kind of stimulation. I think all of that, like it's such a mix. There could be a a thousand different things Mm -hmm. that lead to it, but it is a lot of it comes from either lack of physical knowledge for yourself or your thoughts about what's going on. And that's really, I mean, you know, I can, I recommend good sex educators to people. That's not my like specific niche, but the mental part of like the way whatever your thoughts are during this encounter are going to impact your physical experience. That's really where I focus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. I and mean, that list could go on forever of all the things that can, can get in the way and in cause someone to uh, have anxiety or an orgasm. And also, um, Perform in a different way, fake orgasms, mm-hmm. um, or withhold their pleasure, or what it is that they are mm-hmm. desiring and requesting. And I, of, um, I love Emily N- Zinigowski's work. She wrote "Come mm-hmm. as You Are" yep. about you know living in this penis-centric model for sexuality, and you know just because the penis is rock hard and ready to go, that the vulva should be, and yeah. you know, and then. And then, you know, arousal can happen a lot easier and faster for, for penis owners, not all of them, but, you know, it's a generalization and yeah. Vulva owners can take longer, but there's this idea that that take long part is, is a big thing for a lot of women that I know yeah. like, you know, he's ready to go and he, he's ready to have an orgasm five minutes. What's wrong with me? I'm not that. I must yeah. be broke. Uh, and then one other thing that comes to mind for me too is um, for vulva owners having this ex- internal anatomy and, you know, in puberty age, they can feel arousal and horniness, of course, but there's not this like, here's my cock that's all of a sudden is hard for no reason. I'm in the right. locker room and I'm 12 and I'm hard because the gym teacher said, right. and, you know, and and so, and, and I think that there's probably many things that contribute to why female, um, why vulva owners might not explore their own bodies. One being it's just not... It's not preached in mainstream Mm -hmm. world, um, the shame. And then also it's like, it's a different, you're dealing with a different anatomy that is like, there's less screaming at you to like, rub one
2: out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't see it right in front of you. So you yeah. got to like go kind of hunt around. It's yeah. like hunt and pack on the keyboard. You got to go like <laughs> hunt around, see yeah. what you can find. Yeah. Go yeah, and
0: exactly. explore. And so but you do specifically do a lot of work around these thoughts and yeah. um, and what people are having and within sex and outside of sex too, but specifically around anxiety often and self-doubt. Um, what can people do? So what are, you know, what are these, we talked about what some of these thoughts might be, but maybe you have more to elaborate on that. And then what can people do in, and out of the bedroom to dissolve that thought process.
2: Yeah, that's um two two great and big questions. Um I mean, I think we've talked about some of the thought patterns that lead up to it, but if we take like one of the one of the things I really like to do in my work is take some of those insights of feminist theory, but work on making them actionable in some way, right, rather than just acknowledging them. And so, right, one of the problems is that people who are socialized as women and raised as women. Are taught that their sexuality is, um, I think, responsive, right? That we are supposed to feel aroused because someone else desires us, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that is a really big problem because it makes the focus of your thinking about your sexuality somebody else's experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes up not, I mean, we see that, I see that come up a lot. In the reverse of the stereotypical, which is that the the penis haver is going to have the higher higher sex drive, which I just think is a myth, right? So I see this come up a lot with my clients thinking, like, well, but like I can't feel aroused or desirable if someone else is not actively desiring me. Like that's where my relationship to my sexuality is. Then I think it comes up in the act of sex as well with women, people who are socialized as women, being much more preoccupied with like well, what's, what's their experience? Are they having a good time? Am I taking too long? Like, do they like what they're seeing? How do I smell? How do I taste? Like all of that, right? Like them, them, I think them, 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 <laughs> them. <laughs> like pointing. the Yeah, guy. exactly. And I think that all comes from that original like idea that you women, like, I don't think that people socialize as men are taught that. I think they're taught that their desire is this like organic thing inside them that they go out into the world with and like, find recipients for, right? And like people socialize as women are really taught that like it is the being desired that creates their arousal, right? So I think that one of the ways we can work with that in a much more concrete level is noticing when our thinking is very focused on the other person's experience and practicing thoughts that counteract that. So, you know, I'll have clients saying to me who've been, you know, in the relationship, a monogamous relationship for 10 years, like, well, I just don't, you know, like I'm worried that he doesn't like my body or that I don't look good naked. Right. And I think we can actually practice thinking different thoughts. Like for instance, he's been wanting to see me naked for 10 years. Probably he knows what I look like, right? Like possibly he likes how I look. Right. Or possi- it's possible that I'm very big on like, I call ladder thoughts, which are baby step thoughts. So we're not going from like, you know, my thighs are gross and I take too long to orgasm to like, I am a sex goddess who can, you know, orgasm at will or whatever. Like, we're not going to immediately try to go too far. We're just going to practice baby step thoughts. And so I think like some of it is like bringing some logic into it. This person keeps wanting to have sex with you probably they find you attractive. That's like a pretty good inference we could make, right? And prac but practicing thinking that, right? Or thinking about when people are anxious that they're taking too long to orgasm, not only they're being very goal-oriented about it, like the orgasm is the only point, right? And so we can think about changing our thoughts about that. What is the point of sex? Is it just to have an orgasm? We can almost all of us can have an orgasm. Uh, maybe not all, a lot of us can have an orgasm on our own faster than with anybody else, where mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. we know exactly what to do, we don't have to deal with them, <laughs> right? So, is that the point of sex? If that's not the only point of sex, then like what else can we think about is the point of having sex in a way that you can enjoy the process without being so fixated on the goal? Because it's true in sex in any area of your life. If you get very fixated on a goal in a way that you're like anxious about not having it, it makes it impossible to get there. Mm-hmm. And then also thinking, like, if somebody is – a lot of women have this, I find particularly, of all the havers, depending, have this about um, somebody going down on them. That's the place where they are, like, particularly obsessed with, like, how long it's taking and if it's happening fast enough. Because they think of it as, like, this – it's like someone's doing them a favor. Mm -hmm. It's like they're mowing the lawn or something, right? As opposed to, like, (laughs) this is – Like, it's possible this is enjoyable for your partner, I had a client who I coached once where I was like, let's just pretend, it's like a cookie that your partner likes. Like, Mm. he's, they're just eating the cookie. Like, if you think about it as your partner's eating a delicious cookie that they enjoy, you're not like, oh my God, are we there yet? Is the cookie done? Are you done? Are you, right? You're not as like uptight about it. So I, you know, these are all sort of like one-off examples, but what we can do is really figure out, like, most of us have no idea what we're thinking in general. So Mm. It really is a process of becoming aware of what we're thinking and then coming up with something that is a little bit better, not all the way to like, it doesn't matter how long and I feel amazing and we could do this right, right? That's too far. It's not going from like I have to have sex with the lights off and clothes on to let's open the windows and turn on all the lights. So it's like baby step thoughts that we can practice so that we get a little bit of a change in our experience, and then we get a positive feedback loop going, and then we can like upgrade the thought a little bit more, upgrade the thought a little bit more. And the last thing I I feel like I've been talking for like twenty minutes straight. (laughs) Is like. Being willing for it to be a little uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, I think, for people who are socialized as women to um, to take some of these actions in the bedroom, to be like, we're going to do this as long as it takes for me to have an orgasm, or I'm going to say no when I want to say no, or I'm going to initiate, right, even though, and not to get personally if my partner says no, like you have to be a little bit willing to be uncomfortable. It is, even for me, like I do this as my job and when I have a new partner, It's like still there's a little awkward where I got to be like, well, here's the things that I like and do you want to do this? And like just be willing for that, be willing, like have the capacity to tolerate it being a little awkward. So on the other side of that is amazing sex. But if you aren't willing, it's like we want to wait until we're perfectly comfortable and never feel insecure again to have those conversations or turn on the lights or whatever. And like that day is never coming.
0: Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives.
1: So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off check it out. This podcast was also made possible
0: by Uber lube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uber lube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who
1: are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good so whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before uber lube is right for you it has no flavor no scent and feels absolutely amazing on the body uber lube has endless uses i use it to tame my hair frizzies to prevent chafing and i even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session and it totally ups my blowjob game oh and the bottle it's gorgeous it's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the
0: best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. So do you think that, because when you're speaking, my own of my thoughts thats that, Oh, you know, someone could get on board for, okay, I'm going to retrain my my thought process and start standing up for what it is that I want and believe and do this self-exploration of my body. Um, but I think it would also be important for your partner to be on board. I mean, that's a conversation I have with your partner. Here's here's the thought process that I have. Here's how I get in my own way. Here's what I really want and desire. I don't want orgasm to be the goal. Um, can we just make it about pleasure and connection? But what if their part, the partner's like, that's weird or that's not normal or, you know, there's, I think people do run into that is that one person's like, yeah, I want to make my own rules for sexuality. I'm questioning everything mm-hmm. and I'm getting more clear on what I want, but there are other partners like I'm not, I'm not down for that. I like the traditional stuff because that's what I think is normal or that's what works for me mm-hmm. or that you, it scares me that you're thinking outside the box. What would be your advice to those people who feel kind of
2: stuck? I mean, it? I think you have to decide like, number one, how important is this to you to change and explore it? Number two, like it's okay for your partner. I mean, we 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 can't, um, the way that I teach, like we can't control other people's reactions and they don't owe us to have the perfect reaction that we want them to have. Yeah, I love that. Right? So like maybe your partner is like, ah, that's weird and freaks out. And then you have the conversation again two weeks later and now they're like, okay, it's a little weird, but I'm a little bit less freaked out. Right? Yeah. Like you know, I mean, if you're in a relationship where you are not able to talk about sex at all with your partner because of their reaction, and that's consistent over time, you know, you have to decide how important is it to you? You know, I don't, and I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a should there either. I don't think like to be an empowered, like sometimes people think I'm a feminist coach that I'm going to tell them like, you know, if you were really empowered, you would like break up with this person or have these priorities. Or like, no, I, everybody, you know, has different priorities. If sex is not you know, if having a certain kind of sex is not a major priority for you, and everything else in your relationship is worth it, then okay. I mean, mm-hmm. well, let's just be realistic about the decisions we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, like, if it's something you want, I mean, this is what I teach. I teach this for any area of your life. Like, the universe and nobody else owe, don't owe it to you to like make that happen in a way that is not uncomfortable for you at all. So, mm-hmm. if like if you want to explore sexually, then I think. Work on part of your part of your thought work is about being brave enough to have that conversation and then maybe have it again, right, or maybe find like okay so. Like the more, when we don't take it personally, that's when we can be curious and find out a lot more useful information, right? Mm -hmm. So someone's first response might just be like, ah, weird. What are you talking about? We've always done it this way. I thought you were happy, right? Mm -hmm. If you take that personally and you like shut down and now the conversation's over and nothing happened, nothing positive happened, right? Mm -hmm. If you can do the work to not take that personally, that's when you can get curious the way that like, I'm curious about somebody I'm coaching, like, well, Tom, like- does it all sound weird to you? Is it just like, what about this thing, right? Or is that thing sound, like, why is it weird? Or what, right? Mm -hmm. Working through that, I mean, you have to assume just like, you know, the the person in this scenario who wants to initiate the conversation, you have to imagine if your partner came to you and was like, actually, I haven't been liking what we've been doing for 20 years and now I want to talk about it. Like, you probably freak out too and that's okay, right? Like, people are allowed to have their reactions. But I think most people... If you are able to allow them to have whatever thoughts and feelings they're having, I think if there's a positive basis, the relationship people end up wanting to communicate and being able to over time, if you keep at it, if that's not possible, then again, you have to decide like, Mm -hmm. is that are you going to stay in this relationship and why?
0: Yeah. we we'll go see a coach or a therapist stat. <laughs> totally.
2: Well, everybody should do that. Yes. Yeah. Everybody should have a life coach and learn how to manage their mind. Yeah. Just, you just, here's what you do. You just play that my podcast like <laughs> out loud for a while until yeah. your partner eventually is like, what I can, what change my yeah. thoughts.
0: What is all this? Unfuck your brain stuff. I don't yeah, know. I can exactly. unfuck my brain. Exactly. All right. And do you think also that we're speaking more so to heterosexual relationships? Do you think, uh, you know, a vulva owning individual with another vulva owning individual or, you know, uh, someone socialized to be a wo- as woman, um, you know, two people from from that um, upbringing, that they're still running into similar things? Or do you think this really? is, yeah, still similar? I don't think
2: it's about who has the vulva. I think it's about, I mean, you know, as as we have a lot more acceptance for non-binary or different or transsexualities, is like, I think there are more and more people who um, transition earlier and earlier in life. And so that may start to be different, but I think at least in the past, like it mostly has to do, I think, with how you're socialized. So it's like people who were assigned female birth and were treated as such and people who were assigned female birth and identified, like it's really like what was happening in the 20 years or so that you were being socialized and your sexual, kind of your gender and sexual identity were being shaped by all those messages. I think that's really, it doesn't really matter what parts you have now or what parts you have, like it matters that I think is what's going on. So yeah, I think two people socialize as women, whatever genders they are now or identify as now or whatever, if they're in a relationship, they're going to have some of that same stuff. I do think it'll be different because I think a lot of the gender socialization for women is around and sexuality is around interacting with a masculine mm-hmm. or a penis having sexuality or mm-hmm. like a stereotypical male sexuality. So I think it'll be different, mm-hmm. but to me, that's really it. And of course there's a whole, I mean, somebody could have this whole conversation about. To people socialized as men in a relationship, right? I just think it's going to be a different thing. They're going to have, again, like patriarchy is bad for everybody. They're going to be having a different problem (laughs) happening Mm -hmm. because they're both socialized that way. That's just not what I'm as much of an expert in from yeah. because I was not raised that way. I was not socialized as a man. So mm-hmm. I just
0: so a lot I'm of these expert. things that you're talking about Then a lot of the, the, the parts about, um, retraining your, your mind and the anxiety that comes up around sexuality, it's, it's different stories for how people are socialized, of course, but a lot of it is applicable to penis owning individuals too.
2: Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, I think every, well, learning how to figure out what's happening in your brain and how it's impacting your life is applicable to literally everyone probably including like household dogs like yeah. just not even just humans like every yeah. i mean really just humans but i think that's applicable to everybody mm-hmm. and i think everybody no matter how no matter what their sexual identity is or what their gender identity is or what their expression is is impacted by those messages mm-hmm. um I tend to focus on what is the experience of people who were taught to think about their sexuality the way that society teaches people identified and treated as women to think about their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means you, people, I mean, there are people who identify as women now who were not socialized in that particular way, and they're, but they're experiencing it now. And then there's people who are socialized that way who no longer, who don't identify that way or never did. Like it's a, you know, it's not like a set of clear categories. It's really just but I think like the thing that I focus the most on is what do we learn all around us all the time by osmosis about what sexuality is like mm-hmm. and particularly what your sexuality is like if you are what society terms like a woman with that whole stereotypical baggage.
0: Can you give our, our listeners just a couple tools to how they can, because I think for some people they get stuck, how do I even know what my thought process yeah. is?
2: You know, I imagine there's a slowing down. There's like a mindfulness process. Write there that some shit na- down. That's yeah, how. Right. You yeah. like, sit down and write it down. Do not yeah. try to do it in your head. Yeah. Even I don't do it in my head. And especially if you're just starting out, you got to get it all on paper. I mean, this is why people find journaling effective. I'm not teaching journaling specifically, but like people have kept journals for millennia because writing your thoughts down on paper helps you mm-hmm. process what's going on for you and start to like see themes and start to see what's happening. It's like unofficial thought work from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, sit down. Set a timer if you want for five minutes. Write down your thoughts. The only important thing to do is not to believe your brain when it says, I don't know what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because sometimes brains are lazy because they evolve to save energy and be efficient. And they don't necessarily want to look at all their thoughts that are painful. Mm -hmm. So that are sometimes painful or anxiety producing or whatever else. So one of the things I work on a lot, especially with my high anxiety clients, is people with a lot of anxiety are generally... um, actually generally are aware of their thoughts but they're evaluating and judging them a lot and then there's a lot of anxiety about that so like the first number one skill is non-judgmental observation right like learning how to on paper get your thoughts down and then be curious about them rather than Observe them, make them mean something about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: or then become them and judging yourself. And I, I speak for myself when it comes to um, the ways that I get in my way in sexuality. Um I sometimes it it is like a mindfulness process. Oh, I'm making noises. I don't know if you can hear that as a little feedback. But um I so in in whether it's my self-pleasuring practice, which is actually where I get it's easier for me to pay attention to what's happening in my process, in my brain mm-hmm. and in my body than it is when I'm having sex with someone else. Um, so for me, if I'm like, I don't really know, what are the thoughts that I have, you know, during self-pleasure that might be getting in my way. Um, for me, it's with my own self-pleasure practice that I can really notice. Then after I would, you know, read mm-hmm. into my journal, like, ah, yeah, here's yeah. this thing, X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z. You know, then maybe the same thing with a partner too, um, to really notice. And um, are, you, are you advising people to like, share that with their partner. You're know, like, so When we have sex? So you know, I might be like just watching myself and my brain a little bit.
2: <laughs> you just write it down afterwards. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's like our brains always want to pretend they don't know, but you yeah. can totally remember. Like yeah. all you have to do is kind of go back to that space. So
0: just don't wait, to wait like a week
2: to go back. <laughs> yeah. I, well, but yeah. I mean, people, you can, our brains just always say, I don't know. Like whenever my client says, I don't know, I just say, okay, if you had to guess, what were you thinking? And then it's mm. always right there. It's just like there's an initial knee jerk, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you need, yeah, you do not need to stop sex and write down your thoughts right then, right? You can just kind of, (laughs) if you see one go by, you can notice it, but you can also just after sex sit down and be like, and not right after, like the next day is fine, (laughs) but just sort of be like, okay, let me try to remember what happened last night and what was I experiencing? Why might that have been? Mm -hmm. Like just just the very simple act of assuming that you will be able to access your thoughts and figure it out. will make it possible to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had the thought of um, the Seinfeld episode with uh, George Costanza with the pastrami sandwich, but instead it would be stopping sex to go right in a journal. <laughs> exactly.
2: You don't have to be like, hold on, keep it right there. I got to make some notes. Okay. Now yeah. you can start again. I'm done. Go again. Yeah. Now, yeah. now we got to back up. I lost it. Let's yeah. start from the beginning. Yeah, Let's keep no, on going. Yeah. And I would imagine too, in
0: your work, you know, there's different, there's no necessarily, you know, shame or trauma hierarchy, but when people are showing up with more, uh, with a ton of trauma, mm-hmm. and whether it's physical, sexual abuse or emotional mm-hmm. abuse, or, um, there's bigger, perhaps more work and bigger obstacles. Um, for, for folks. And so a lot of the work that you're doing with people's working with their minds, but also in turn works with their bodies. But what would be your advice for folks who are working past some sexual, um, abuse, assault, uh, whether emotional or physical?
2: I mean, I always think it's a good idea if you've had significant trauma or if you've complex trauma to work with a trauma therapist. Like mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think, but, um, There's a lot of, you know, interesting work out there on post-traumatic growth versus post-traumatic stress disorder, which is how we all think of it as like trauma and then there has to be this bad outcome and it's fucked you up. And I don't think that framework is that helpful. I don't think that there's a should, like whatever your experience is, is your experience. But I think that all of the same tools apply. And a lot of the work that, I mean, I actually find when I work with people who have strong trauma responses that there's so much there's so many thoughts they're having about that experience that they can use thought work to work on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like part of the whole problem is that all the stories we have about not just the past trauma, but what it means about us now, like what, it, that it's a problem and that now we're not normal. And now our partner's going to be upset because we had to stop because we had a flashback or right, whatever's going on. And all the same work applies. Like if you, without that story, It's not the end of the world if a symptom Mm -hmm. comes up or you want to stop. It's, like, not a big deal. It's okay. It's safe to do that. It's all of, like, the story around they're going to judge me or, like, judging yourself or I'm not normal or I'm broken. I'm never going to be able to have sex normally again. Right? It's, like, there's so much judgment, self-judgment and shame that goes on there, even with people who don't want to believe they would think that, right? Or like feel very strongly that that shouldn't be the case. We still, the human mind is capable of having a lot of opinions about how people shouldn't be ashamed about things. And then having a lot of thoughts that create shame about those things we can yeah. do. We do both. We multitask. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I would say. Like, of course there, I know there are therapies that are specifically geared towards trauma in the body, especially like EMDR therapy, mm-hmm. rapid eye movement release therapy. Um, But I, thought work will never hurt you yeah. in doing this work. And like anything else in your life, it is not even always the symptoms of the trauma now that are the biggest problem. It is all of our thoughts and stories about what mm-hmm. that means about us. And because that's what we live with all the time. Like a symptom yeah. comes and goes, your story is going in your head 24 seven.
0: Yeah, and anxiety seems to be much more about the th- a lot of thoughts. Too many thoughts about something that's terrible that's going to happen in the future, something that doesn't feel good, or something along those those lines. And um, and so what came to mind as you were saying that for me also was faking orgasms. Um mm. and you know, that's something that comes up a a lot for a lot of folks. I mean, I met penis owning individuals that have faked orgasms before sure as well. Sure. Um, but I, have both, the most people I know that have faked orgasms are own bulbas. And mm-hmm. um, so it's not only, okay, so I have anxiety about something where I feel like I'm not performing or reacting mm-hmm. or being the way I should be as a sexual being. And so I'm going to fake this orgasm, but then there's the negative thought about being a bad person for faking the orgasm. Yeah. Um, so there's that like, kind of double whammy, totally. that, that way of um, something that feels kind of harsh in the system a lot of our listeners they there in long-term relationships um, and uh, a number of them have been faking orgasms throughout mm-hmm. their long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to those folks? It's a scary <laughs>
2: conversation to be like, Hey partner, I've been faking. By the way. Five years, you know, <laughs> but I also don't think, I mean, So one thing I'll just say is like as a thought, as a kind of mindset, thought, work, focus coach, I don't really tell people what to do. I just try to show them how they're thinking Mm -hmm. because I believe that our feelings and our actions flow from our thoughts. And so I don't have any idea what someone should do, but what I can do is show them the way that their current thoughts are producing their current result. And then once what I, what I find is once people truly see that their thoughts are optional and they could change them, they, it all flows naturally from there, Mm -hmm. which is why I think a lot of coaching doesn't work and gets a bad or sometimes therapy also, everybody, you know, you can tell someone, go have this conversation with your partner and this is how you should approach it. But if they, if their thoughts aren't in line with that and they are freaking out of it, they're not going to do it. Right. Just like we can all look up on the internet, like all the healthy things in the world we can do. And then we don't do them because our thoughts are different. So Mm -hmm. I think I would say like, number one, I don't necessarily think we have to have the thought that Um, the only way forward is to confess to a lifetime of deception. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't think we necessarily have to do that, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's just take it back a step, John. Like, I I totally make sense actually that somebody who's been faking orgasms for 20 years would think that because this person is already like an all or nothing thinker who's overly focused on how things appear. It's just like a very, it's a common symptom of kind of black and white perfectionist Mm -hmm. thinking. Or like caretaking
0: Um, of someone else's emotions too. I can't. Yeah, which comes from that
2: that perfectionism too. Yeah. Or like I always need to be. So I like, what if we didn't say anything, but just one time we were like, oh, could you go a little slower? Like what right, what if we just like, yeah, you can have a big like reveal where you reveal you've been lying the whole time, but I don't think you have to do that. Mm -hmm. I think you could just start to dial back the faking, (laughs) like dial up the real. And learn how to, like, people's bodies change, sexuality changes, like, Mm -hmm. maybe now you just want to explore something else, or something else feels good or different. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, I mean, some people will want to do the thought work to be able to say, like, hey, I've been faking it this whole time, and Mm -hmm. I really want to have a more authentic relationship, and turns out I, you know, we need to, put on our squirrel costumes or like whatever that, you know, whatever it is that you haven't been getting. Mm-hmm. So I think it really depends a lot on the relationship. Obviously if like you're faking them because you're really into something that you've never even told your partner and that's going to be necessary for you to get off, then mm-hmm. you're going to maybe have to have a more straightforward conversation about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I but it, think really what
2: you have to do is work on the thoughts. Why yeah. are you faking an orgasms for 20 years? I'm not saying yeah. that's bad, but you just want to understand what your thought process is. What are the yeah. thoughts? Like I always... I have no agenda about what my clients do or what their results are. It's just always, do you know what your reason is and do you like that as a reason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah, helping them get clear on like where the, the story of where this originated from and why you're buying into it so heavily and how is it serving you. Uh, yeah, okay. and
2: like if you take responsibility for your own emotions as caused by your thoughts, that really changes what you decide you should, will or won't or should or shouldn't do to try to manage everybody else's thoughts and feelings
0: what so much pressure to manage everyone else's thoughts and
2: feelings and you it's know what it's impossible work. so yeah. it's a real amount of pressure for yeah. no yeah. good outcome
0: yeah. Oh, yeah it's not going to work you really can't do it Everyone's no. Going but to we're like
2: happen. maybe this thousand and one time really
0: <laughs> work. yeah maybe we'll again. finally prove it wrong i can get this exactly so your so your podcast then is unfuck your brain with a little asterisk in there because mm-hmm. I don't think that you can actually say fuck on, on your title <laughs> on iTunes. Um, but you can say whatever you want in the actual podcast. That's right. uh, could You tell our listeners more about how they can find you, work with you. Obviously, you see clients, you have the
2: podcast, do you work with people online? Is it all in person, mm-hmm. et cetera? Yeah, so you can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts or just on fuckyourbrain.com. Um, and I, the way I work with people is through The Clutch, which is a feminist coaching community. Is my, I like to call it a feminist coaching wonderland, but people don't really know what that is. But it's an amazing community of women who mostly, although not all, identify as feminists and people who are socialized as women or identify as women. is really is, the, is who the group's for. Uh, and who are interested in Digging deeper into all of this work, I mean, I think you know, there's we could have had, we could have had 17 podcasts about this because yes. the influence of the mind on sexuality and sexual experience is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, like we could have a whole one about kink. There's like so many interesting facets of it. Um, but it's really a place for people who are doing this work on any area of their life to learn how to actually, I mean, creating the life you want. I think I would say that the one thing most people don't understand, sexuality wise or otherwise, is How it's actually much easier than you think to change big things in your life that seem like they have been that way forever, like faking orgasms for 20 years or Mm -hmm. like never having had an orgasm or whatever it is. Like, it's um, you can change your life dramatically in a much it's not overnight, Mm -hmm. right? We have like unrealistic, we're like, either I want it to change all overnight or it never will. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It does take tools and skills that. I certainly felt like, oh, just no one ever taught me that this was the secret to life. Why didn't someone mention until I was 35 that I could decide what to think on purpose? That would have been a useful thing to know in my 20s. But once you learn that, it's kind of astounding how much you can change your own life. So to me, my work in the world is teaching women how to liberate themselves from the inside out and that we can have all the conversations with our partners we want in the world. We can Go, do all the marches we want. We can do all the political action we want. I come from being a social justice lawyer. I'm not against political action. But if we don't change how we think and feel about ourselves from the inside, and if we don't undo the impacts of patriarchy on our brain, none of that outside, outside shit is going to make a difference. Yeah. Yes, it has
0: to start with it. And I remember reading something that you, there's like the whole thing about you have to learn to love yourself. And I read something about how you think it's really important for people to learn to like themselves. You you use the word like. Yeah, or accept.
2: Let's yeah. just go with like, how about yeah. we learn to stop shaming ourselves yeah. all the time, just half the time. Then we'll go to a quarter of the time. Then we'll get to no shame. Then we'll get to like, then we'll get to love. Yeah. I'm very pragmatic. Like we, this is not like positive thinking, chanting affirmations. Mm-hmm. This is like, what is a thought I can believe, whether it's about my orgasm or my body image or my parenting or my job or whatever it is that is believable to me and feels a little bit better than what I believe now. And you do that enough times, your whole life changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's that easy and also not. <laughs> and it's both. It's simple, yeah, it's but both. not easy is yes. what I always say. It is That's like, yeah. it's not a magical talent that like I have that other people don't have. It yeah. literally is just a couple of tools and skills and information that for some reason we don't teach people when they're six years old, like we should. Yeah. And, but once you have it, it's just being willing to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all a practice. And that's what we say yes. on, the, on the podcast often is, you know, good sex, great
0: sex, connected sex is, um, it's a practice like a meditation, you know, and meditation totally. to a lot of people is really simple and also really hard. You know, it's not something that overnight you just nail it. You know, you're, totally. there's, there's dedication and commitment and practice and it's, and it's a for, you know, forever practice, right? It's not yeah. just, I practice today and I'm cured. So your website, is unfuck your brain, but it's U-N-F-C-K, your. Or brain. either one. You can spell you, it all the way out. Oh, we, we could
2: put both. a U yeah. in there? Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. You can just go, no asterisk. You can't yeah. have an asterisk in a yeah. website. That's okay. what I've learned, but you can yeah. go to just unfuck, spelled out. Yeah. Yourself.com. Unfuckyourbrain.com. Okay. Not yourself. I don't know who that is. Unfuckyourbrain.com.
0: Got it. Perfect. Okay. So everyone, go check out unfuckyourbrain.com. Go check out the podcast on all of the apps, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all the things. Uh, thank you so much for joining us or, well, I'm say us but april is not here she's invisible um she is she is currently very
2: quiet um, today she's
0: that's unusual because april uses a lot to say um we love you very much april um and thank you carl for joining and everyone go check out the podcast and Uh, for our listeners. You hear us talk about how much we love Margins Wine. I'm not drinking it right now because April's not here. She's my drinking buddy. Uh, But we love Margins Wine. Go check out marginswine.com. She only does, it's a woman owned operation, only does two releases a year, I think. So if you get our newsletter, you get first dibs on the info on the batches. and um, yeah, go sign up right away and you'll know what we are talking about. And I think that's it. What would April say? She's the one that usually closes on the opener. Um, she would say, we love our listeners and uh, please go in, review us on iTunes. We love you very much. And she would also say, ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.